Welcome to episode 20 of season 6 of the Foy and Jones show. Today, I'm going to be inspiring our stars of the future with the wonderful Ian Penny. Check out this episode, you won't be disappointed. And here we are, it's been an emotional journey. We are about to start episode 20 of season six of the Foy and Jones Show. Can I believe my podcast has lasted six seasons? No, but with this man, producer Charlie, we've had it off over the last couple of seasons. In episode 20, I'm looking forward to this one. We've got an amazing guest in the studio, Ian Penny. Welcome to Brighton, welcome to Plus X, and welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm fantastic, thank you, and uh, thanks a lot for having me. It's great to be here. Ian, it's great to have you on your show, and, and actually, as well as having great guests like yourself, this season has been about giving advice, giving inspiration to our industry stars of the future. So we're going to do that today, Mr Penny, mm-hmm. by getting to know you. Okay. All right, we're going to get to know you inside work, and we're going to get to know you outside work, all right? We share a... Well, I don't know if I love it anymore, but we share a passion for running. Yeah. Um, my body doesn't move as quick as it used to, but I'm... Uh, I'm still shifting it up and down the coast, and I know you've been you're running as well, and you're doing some running for some great causes as well. So we're going to talk about some charity. We're going to talk about you away from work. We're going to talk about you in work and your career journey as well, because that's how we can inspire the next generation. Charlie, you up for this one, mate? I'm buzzing. I can't believe we've done 20 of these. It's been an absolute corker of a season. No one can believe we've done 20 episodes of season six. We're already starting to plan for season seven. That's going to be um, a completely different angle with some amazing, amazing op- options and how we could push that on. But Ian, um, take take a few moments, mate, just to, just to talk to the listeners, talk to our connections and just tell them what you're up to at the moment, what you're doing, who you're doing it for. Let's get to know you a little bit, Mr Penny. Yeah, no problem at all. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm currently the CEO for... Direct Online Services, and um, I joined them in September of last year. Uh, An interesting time to join such a business, obviously predominantly an online business, and after two years of COVID, um, definitely been a um, a reset period. I think a lot of people have seen that, though, in the the pure play area. Um, But fantastically enjoyable. About 250 employees, um, and we own that end-to-end experience, so all the way from order all the way from to delivery with our customers so we've got our own trucks own drivers two-man dedicated service so yeah it's a very very varied role and as you know from my background um you know i've been at b&q and kingfisher previously it's a real difference but i'm absolutely loving it fantastic fantastic and 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 you are right about about the industry the kbb industry we're we're in a we're an interesting passage of play aren't we we've seen different results being announced there's a there's caution there's hesitancy and there are pockets of real positivity as well Mm -hmm. so 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 arriving into the ceo position that 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 always fascinates me because so many people will look at it and go well what this what, what did i actually do so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play devil's advocate, Mr. Penny, and I'm yeah. gonna say, talk us through, you know, a day in the life or a week in the life of of what what that feels like, because already 250 strong headcount, you know, um, yeah. an end to end supply process from from design to, to all, all the way through. So let's just talk about that arriving mm-hmm. in that role. That must have been that must have been some that must be exciting. Yeah, well, yeah, exciting and, and terrifying in, in equal measure. So I think. Um, 
you know, I approached them, well, firstly, I had, I had significant imposter syndrome. So, you know, when you start as a CEO, the first thing you do is, is you, you know, you question it. And you re- I read a lot of books, actually. So the new CEO, a lot of publications, just to make sure I got my head around it. Because as I said, you don't go into it with a big ego thinking, mm. like, I'm going to nail this. You go into it thinking, oh, how many times am I going to make mistakes and um, how quickly can I recover them? Um but I think I think after about a year in the in the role, and and you do because I remember um, you know, one of the things I talked to the team about early is um, you know, the higher you go up within a business. And I, I got given an analogy early in my career, which I'll never forget, um, which is when you're at the top and you're looking down, all you see is smiling faces, and when you're at the bottom looking up, all you see is arseholes. <laughs> 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 and uh, it, it, it stuck with me that one. So it's just making sure you keep your feet grounded and don't mm. lose touch. But I think the biggest thing I would suggest about a CEO is, is essentially you're just a professional problem solver. Mm. That's the best way I can describe it. It's no more eloquent than that. All you're doing is solving problems, and that's you know from uh, your electricity supply is changing and how do you get the best deal to... Um, you've had a big safety incident and you need to go and fix it or you've got this big corporate customer and they want a special deal and how are we going to approach it? Um, yeah, so it's it's very, very little problems and very, very big problems and everything in between. Yeah. Um, and it's being present, really, for your team. You know, that's the I most mean, no, I think I think it's absolutely so refreshing, Ian, to, to hear someone in, in your position in that chair who's actually saying, um, being honest, you know, and you're sharing this publicly, it was terrifying. You know, you was excited because you you want this opportunity, but but equally it was terrifying. Mm. And, and the word imposter syndrome, we, we all we all feel that. You know, mm. I, I I still go into business meetings feeling nervous, feeling anxious, feeling. And you, you know, your adrenaline kicks in, and you kind of like this is. And I, and I like it back to playing football. You know, if you weren't nervous before a game, you, you know, you weren't really going to turn up. You, mm. So 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 I get that. But professional problem solving. That's you know, Matt Matt, Matt from Caboodle mentioned something like that during during the podcast, Charlie, didn't he? He was talking about, you know, we figure things out. You know, he was a, and, that, and that's that same way as a leader is to think about how you can pre- protect your staff, how you, how you can look after them, how you can nurture them, how you can get the best out of them. And, and I've been lucky enough to get to know a lot of the team, uh, or some of the team mm-hmm. anyway. And I think it's a business full of personality. Yeah. You know, it really is a business full of personality. And I wanted to draw, I want to dwell on that, Ian, because through my um, extensive social media networking, you know, I hang out on LinkedIn and I, and I put, put the odd post out. I, I, I recall some some of the team bonding activities you guys were um, you, you guys and girls were up to recently, and Chewbacca springs to mind. <laughs> yes. So you knew I was going to bring Chewbacca yes, up. There's yes. no way you're getting into the studio without Star Wars getting mentioned. So come on, talk us talk us through that 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 that, that sequence of events, oh. which which resulted Charlie in me putting a. Got posted a picture of Chewbacca on, Ian, on Ian's update, which is I think we expect to be doing that when I woke up in the morning. To be honest, you know what I mean? this is a, this is a very important client, by the way, and I'm putting Chewbacca up. Um, but yeah, how did it, how did it come about? Well, like I said, I've I've always had this culture um, in every business I've worked, which is just have fun. Mm. Like you know, I'm a big believer in creativity comes from people having fun. Let's not make it too stuffy, too corporate, um, and let people have that freedom. And I think yeah, there's probably uh, there was probably a level of trepidation in the team because I didn't know that was coming. By the way, the brief to the team was we bought our first trucks um, in in three years. It's a real monumental moment because mm. when you have got a truck fleet, you want to keep upgrading them, and they've put off the investment, put off the investment. And with this cycle now, it'd be very easy not to be investing in trucks. Um, but yeah, we're putting 25 new trucks out on the road, brand new, wow. energy efficient trucks, so it's better for our, our, our footprint. 
Um, and we're also rebranding the business because the business, and I could I could show you the livery, it's gone from, you know, a business that was just wooden worktops. So, like, you see the older vans. I saw one on the way down on the A27, actually. Which you is, wife. Yeah, I, yeah, I smiled. I phoned the ops director and said, it's been really well driven. So make sure you give him a pat on the back. Um, and, uh, I'll bet and, the gauges go. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, yeah. I think they got, they must have sensors in the cabs. But... Um, but yeah, and then so that the brief to them was like, we want to do a new truck, we want it in the new branding. Um, let's just go and see what we can do. And um, and our, our our head of marketing, uh, uh, Alex Fitzmorgan, he came up with a concept, and he, you know, bless him, on his own back at home, made a Corex um, replica truck. Wow! Out of balsa wood and Corex, oh, and shit. then turned up and put magnetic covers on, and then they produced all the livery, uh, including said. Um, Star Wars uh, front screen where I was chewy um, uh, and the rest of the team were on there but I think it's nice because they know you know I don't take things too seriously mm. they can they can take a bit of mock in and just have a bit of fun with it yeah. um, and it's really nice to see because we got in there we played with it he bought he made us all the model cars we're out of Corgi and uh, made us drive them around so they see what they look like and it was just a nice moment because what could have been a boring marketing sign-off meeting bring bring your whole self to yeah. it right and have fun and they know that they've got the freedom the creativity to do that um you know and I, the, that was the only brief and you know when they when i say they met the brief they smashed the do you brief. know what that, that takes me back to two things you said there it takes me back to my days at travis and, and juice and like the corporate world as, as, I, as i look back at it and i and i've been to some of them um uninspiring marketing <laughs> sign-off meetings up in northampton or up in coventry you know yeah. and and i always used to love it when someone brought something different or had some passion and I and I used to try and bring as much as I could to it and mm. I'm saying well, let's, let's do this let's do that how can we do and, and it actually would that that would inspire me but but smiles inspire laughter's infectious actually bring bringing people into the environment there where they feel part of it and do you know what will happen when, when they see those the, the branding out there when you see it there you feel really connected to it as mm. well and that's mm. and that that's come through everyone we've, we've spoken to and um, we're in our infancy with a relationship has been so been so kind of like committed to, to, to what they're doing, that the culture is really good. So, so when you arrived, Ian, was that was that you know was 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 improving the culture on the radar, or were you just continuing with what was in play? Um, yeah, I didn't know when I arrived. You know, what you see from the outside clearly, and what you actually arrived to are two different things. But I think there was an element of just putting the basics in. So the first thing we did is put a five and ten year long service award in. Mm. So within the first month of me joining, everyone got a badge and a little bit of money so they could go and take their loved ones or the family out for oh, a bit of dinner or whatever they want. And then we got everyone together and just had a, a, a recognition ceremony. Because, you know, people are giving five, ten years of their lives to your business. You know, you should make sure you don't walk past that lightly. Mm. So those little things we've done, I'm very lucky to have, like, an incredible HR team. So, and they're, they're really the heartbeat of the business, and I know you interact with them as well. Mm. Um, and that's it, cause no matter how big or small... That HR team is just so important. In fact, we've just rebranded them now from HR because it's a little bit 80s into the people team. Um, you know, we've got mental health ambassadors. We're really focused on, you know, we may be small in numbers, but we're big in heart. Yeah. And that's, that's really important. That, that's such a powerful thing to say, though. That's, that's so powerful. And I think, and I think that the world of work, the, the, any industry, not, not just industries I recruit for, but, but you know, you, you, you're in this for so long, you know, and mm-hmm. you, you can be, you, it can be unforgiving, it can be relentless. And, and to actually work for an employer, a boss, a governor, a gaffer that cares, mm-hmm. that gives a shit, that actually remembers your children's name, knows that, you know, it's a birthday coming up, says, actually, you did really well there. Wow, you know, that, I've got... 
got a completely different sample, much, much more smaller. But Taylor, who works for us, shout out to Taylor, like Australian girl, absolutely infectious personality, grafting for us every day, really making a difference. She's on holiday tomorrow. She's got a couple of weeks off, and one of her closest friends is coming over from Australia. You know, she's landing at Heathrow, whatever, and she's like, blah, blah, blah. I, I, I said to her, just go early. Like, like mm. just, just, she said, oh, no, I'm going to hang around. I said, just go. Go early. You're in a hotel and meet her, have fun. And she's like, "Really?" I went, "Yeah." Like you know, th- these are these are one-off moments, and they, work shouldn't get in the way of that. Mm-hmm. You know, go and enjoy yourself. Go and have fun. And when you come back from your holiday in two weeks, carry on doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's that's something we are seeing more of now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a balance because you know you do need your employee you need your employees to commit to that as well, don't you? Yeah. You need to, and that trust is something that's got to be earned. And when it's in play, it's an amazing place for mm. for any business, Ian. So, 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 so the business now. Mm-hmm. Um, Worktop Express, direct online services. What, what's what 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 what's the future look like for for you as a CEO and for the business? What what are your plans? What can you share? What's the exciting yeah. stuff? Um, well, yeah. So we've got. If I'm honest, what attracted me to the business in the first place um, was the fact that it's just so customer-centric. And I'm a big believer in this now, you know, coming from the big likes of Kingfisher, I've worked for Barstow and Homebase, as you know, and um, a customer that's just so solely focused on um, their customer is incredible. Mm. And, you know, that's that's from the order. So we've got next day, name day service, which is industry best in class. No one delivers work tops to, you know, two man heavy delivery into a customer's home next day, name day uh, on their own trucks. And that's really where the magic wow. comes. Um, but, you know, I've just talked on the way down, you know, to Arts Director because I've still got an itch because we cut off at midday and I'm saying, well, how do we push that further? You know, and, uh, you know, you can hear his, his, his trepidation on the phone, but we'll constantly be pushing those barriers. Mm. So how do we make the service even better? Um, we're still trying to crack, you know, how do you get onto the first and second floor? Because that's somewhere where at the moment we take safety very seriously. Mm. So at the moment, our drivers are instructed, do a risk ass- assessment and it's ground floor only. And that's really just to protect our drivers because mm. they're, they're our most important employees. We have a very simple mantra in our business, which is you should go home better than you arrived at work in the morning. So that doesn't mean that just means from a mental well-being, you're, you, you're more fulfilled and you're not injured. That's our mantra. We're really clear with it. And we every single accident gets fully investigated um, and we follow it through and we measure that consistently. So and, and anything we'd never ask an employee to do anything that we wouldn't do ourselves. That's powerful. That's really important because mm. um, everyone's got, you know, family, uh, brother, sister, husband, wife, um, son, daughter. Uh, you don't want them coming home injured, you know, no. and that's not fair. So, but but next steps for our business, we've got so many exciting plans. So um, we've we're worked off Express on one side, but we've also got our Wex Trade business, which yeah. is a trade specific business serving the kitchen studios market, um, and that's just growing. So we mm. announced recently we're now Formica's preferred supplier. Wow! Um, and we're part of a bigger group actually that Formica. Are I mean, the more in. the more you talk, the more you've got it all going on. So, the, <laughs> so, so the professional problem solver role is getting like bigger and yes. bigger. Isn't it? Yes, because yeah. you know it's, uh, it's yeah, I mean you've used words like humble and a small team, big heart, but actually, mate, you, you're ripping it up in terms of what you're actually what 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 you're looking at in the medium to long term as mm-hmm. well. Yes, no, absolutely. Yeah, we've got big plans. We're um, we're we're trialing a new kitchen proposition in the back end of this year. That will roll into our studios. Then we have plans to 
uh, open up further studios as well. Um, but then, as I said, you've got uh, we service the B to C and then a B to B customer. That B to B, you know, we've got potential to probably put fifty thousand worktops additional, so twenty five percent growth in the business in the next twelve months. So, yeah, it is exciting times, and I think you know that's the bit where. Um, you know, at the moment, you could, depending on which report you read, you can be positive, neutral, negative. I, I was scrolling through LinkedIn, and, and um, my my, my uh, opinion of the economy changed every post I was reading. I'm like, oh, this is good. Oh, this is bad. Oh, this is terrible. Oh, that's not too bad. Oh, this is exciting. I'm like, do you know what? I'm just going to rock. I'm just going to look at what I can influence, and yes. that's the and that's the best way. That's why best way I look at it yeah. in terms of what we do. But but on that, just to wrap up the first half of the podcast, because because I'm conscious of conscious we're getting towards. Um, with with the, the KBB industry itself, and, and and with your background and where you are right now as a CEO, what do you see the main challenges that the industry is facing at the moment? Um, well, I think I think the supply chain's been a, been a struggle. So I think mm. you know, firstly obtaining um, wood, timber, and constant supplies. We know the appliance market's been a challenge. That does seem to be recurring. But I think um, where where now is just customer focus. If I the learning I got, we, I was very fortunate to speak to a load of customers. Um, we did over 5,000 customer surveys across Europe about kitchens when I was at Kingfisher. And the resounding thing was it wasn't price, it wasn't quality, it, wasn't, it, was, it was all about trust. Mm. So when someone's buying a KBB project from you, um, they trust, A, that you're going to give them the best possible deal, so value, not, not, not necessarily the cheapest price, but B, you're going to make sure they get an, an aesthetically... Uh, pleasing as well as functional kitchen, bathroom, or bedroom. Mm. You know, and I've seen horror stories in there where we, I remember being in this Polish lady's kitchen, beautiful, white marble, gorgeous. And I walked in, it was it was massive, and I said, "You must love this." She said, "No, I hate it." I said, "Why is that?" And she walked over to a dishwasher, she opened it, and she went to get a massive pan out, and she said, "That door there is where I put my pans." So every time I unload my dishwasher, I have to put the pan on the side, mm. shut the dishwasher, and put it in. And that's what happens when it goes wrong, and then you get buyer's remorse and the people mm. regret. So where do I think the market is? I think there's still plenty of market out there. I think customers, you're going to have to be completely customer-focused, and you've got to really gain that trust. That's going to be how you win the KBB market in this next 12 months. So forget about what the market does. It's take share. Mm. Ian, that that in itself is the best possible way we could end the first half of this podcast because if you're customer focused, mm-hmm. you know, and you care about your customer and you deliver value, you deliver a service, and I've heard I've heard lots of business gurus say this, everything else catches up. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. you look after your customer, everything else catches up. And that's a that's a fantastic way to end the first half of the podcast. When we come back after the break, we are going to be talking Southampton football. Ball club. All right, I win the Saints. I win the Saints. Shout out to Paul Crow. Um, we're going to we're talking Southampton and the Championship season. Um, yeah. Let's let's deal with it. As coming on the back of Fulham's continue up and down, and we've got a bit of stability again. I can talk about the Championship until I um and I can talk about the Championship with real real passion and heart. Um, we can talk about the work you're doing for Dementia UK because mm-hmm. I know that's something you're very, very passionate about mm-hmm. and you love a running and fitness. And after that, we're going to just focus on what this season has all been all about all the way through, mm-hmm. giving advice to our next generation and inspiring our stars of the future. That, ladies and gentlemen, is sadly the end of the first half of episode 20. Ian Penny, professional problem solver, CEO, <laughs> friend of Foyne Jones. You've been a brilliant guest. We're going to get to know you a little bit better after the break. 
life-changing recruitment for the KBB, builders merchant and construction industries, creative social content, specialist knowledge, world-leading video technology, helping you find career happiness and helping your business attract its stars of the future. We are Foyne Jones. This is what we do. All right, welcome back. So, in the break, we've been talking about Ian's football career as an aggressive <laughs> centre-half. Yeah, hold your position. Drop, drop, drop. So, Ian's been talking about his football career, his competitive nature. So, we're going to spend a bit of time getting to know him away from work. And I've got something very, very special to share a little bit down there. But, Ian, you still playing football? Yeah, I'm now, uh, well, just about. It's more walking football than proper football yeah. these days. But yeah, still play every Sunday with a, a bunch of lads. Fair play um, to you, mate. Yeah, I'm middle of the pack, so I'm not the oldest, not the youngest. There you go, yeah. mate. Now, I remember when I first started playing vets, I enjoyed that so much. Yes. Like, I could I could skin everyone, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I really, and then all of a sudden you get younger vets, and you're like, oh, no, no, no now I've got to try and play holding midfield in the vets team. <laughs> you know, but, but let's talk about your football team. Um, Winchester boy, Southampton, your team. Mm, yes. Oh, when the Saints. Yes. Strange appointments last season, wasn't mm. it? And I think that that ultimately cost you cost you your place in the, at the top table. Mm. Um, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, absolutely right there. So I think um, it's a typical cycle. I think Saints, like many many clubs, they, they they sell a lot of their talent. So you know, you tend to get young players, bring them through, um, either through the academy or bring them in. Um, I mean, they all went straight on the bus to Liverpool, didn't yeah, they, for a exactly. while? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, yeah we basically were the feeder team. Um, yeah, and I think, look, I think people were restless at the end of um, the beginning of last season with Hasselhutl and uh, pushed for a change. And you kind of think, was it was it the club? If you look at it, we let, let a lot of players go, hadn't really reinvested, didn't have a core striker. Um, like many clubs at the moment we were talking about it earlier mm. you know if you haven't got a striker up there the rest of the team can do great but if you're not banging the goals in it gets hard and then yeah I think J- Jones yeah I don't want to get too um, heavy on the subject but I think it was a strange appointment from start to finish very very strange appointment based on just, just looking at track record mm. you know that, that's yeah. that's the starting point for yes. me um, didn't get it yeah. I, I, I didn't get it and then you look at the, the, the team and, and what, what what I find so surreal is the money that, that clubs are offering for Southampton's players mm. you know they shouldn't have, if, if these players are that good and worth that money with the right leadership mm. You shouldn't have been in that position. Yeah, agreed. Um, and you turned it on sometimes. I remember. Yeah. I remember a certain performance against Charlie's team. <laughs> <laughs> we all remember that one. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Do you know? I was um, I was driving to Somerset that evening. I can tell you it was an evening. I remember it all. It was a beautiful, beautiful evening. Sun's in the sky. I was actually driving past Southampton. Was so this to Hula Fest? To it. it was towards Hula Fest. Yeah, yeah Hula Fest. Yeah, yeah. We were doing the prep week. Yeah, you're right. And we went. I was going over there. I had the music on the speaker, but I was like, oh, I could pick it up on the local radio. And I was like, okay, great, right, here we go. So, got it on. Why did that surprise gone... you that you could pick up a game on the radio? <laughs> no, on was, the wireless, Charlie? No, it, was, <laughs> you know. it was a happy surprise. It was only on oh, the okay. local. It wasn't on the national. Oh, right, okay. So it, was All a, right. it was a joy. It was like, great, I can watch the guy. It turns the on, there's sound. There <laughs> but I got two goals down where you guys scored like two within the first 20 minutes or something before I then went out of range and then had to just go back to listening to music for the rest of the trip. When I hope we'd like come back to a draw, it was at least some consolation, but 
Shocker. Shocker for us there. Well, Fulham took six points off Southampton last mm. season, not yeah. rubbing it in. The game at the cottage, just, uh, I think it's New Year's Day or New Year's Eve, that was quite close. I was at that game. Yeah. Um, we were one up. Wal Prowse scored an amazing free kick, one all. I think Paolini got a, lot, like, a header towards the yeah. end of the game to nick it. Um, you looked all right then. Mm. You know, you looked okay. I mean, we, we won 2 1 at home. It wasn't, it wasn't whatever. Mm. When we played you um, <laughs> at St Mary's towards the end of the it was a Mitro homecoming, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, like the Fulham fans, Mitro, come back on a bit. Uh, I didn't go, but my, my son, my eldest son Harry, was texting me going like, they are so bad. <laughs> They're like when we got relegated under Felix Magat. I'm like, what, that bad? He went, yeah, that bad. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like Magat took us down mm. when we should have stayed up. And then he lost 11 games in the bounce on the championship as well. So yeah, that, yeah. that was one of those signings that... You know, Hangerland's injured. He's putting cheese on his leg, like, and he's dropping. You know, it was that. You know, and, and this is. It, it was. It was just. We never. It took us so long to recover. From, we'd had 13 years in the Premier League until that fella took over, yeah, yeah. and it all come from Martin Yole falling out with the chairman, and mm. Berbatov left. Martin Yole left. We went down. Yeah, we, were, yeah. we were comfortable mid-table. Yeah. And, uh, but it could be that. It can do yeah. it. So, so you've got to rebuild. So, so, so do you think you're going to have a Wolf-Prowse in the starting team for, this, for the beginning of the season? Uh, or will, will, he be, will he be West Ham? Uh, wow. Yeah, I'd like to say he will, but no, I think he'll, he'll move. And I think he deserves to play yeah. in the top, top tier. I think he's a real talent. I think yeah, just his free kicks alone is going to give Crazy. someone 10, yeah. ten goals. Well, I said to you, if we had him at Fulham, we wouldn't have missed five penalties yeah. like me, Chow did. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, so I think it'll be an interesting start. I think we haven't seen as many depart. I think the transfer season, because of Saudi Arabia, has been a bit of a strange one so far. I think there's going to be a lot a lot of movement in this next month. Um, yeah, and I think we'll certainly lose three or four of our top players. Mm-hmm. And and uh, that's right, they should be playing where they deserve to play and, you know, their art form. So, But equally, it gives the young players a chance mm. to come through. We've got some great new signings coming. Sure, I mean, we've got Harrison Reed. He came through Saints, Saints Academy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's a mainstay player for mm-hmm. us. Eight out of ten every week, seven, eight out of ten every yeah. week. Puts a shift in. He's been, get, he's been getting the armband lately as well. Yes. So where Reams, um, well, we had that game against Penn City where Reem broke his, uh, Pereira broke his leg yes. and Reem broke his shoulder. Yeah. Oh, he broke his arm yeah. in the same game. Um, Kearney stepped in but Kearney went off injured so Reed's getting the armband Harrison and he's a he's a real fans favourite do you know mm-hmm. what I mean people often say like if he had like a spiky hair tattoos he'd probably be in the England team yes. you know but <laughs> yeah. because he's, cause he's like a strawberry blonde stroke ginger lad and yeah, he's like yeah. five foot one he's kind of his work goes unannounced but yeah. he got amongst the goals last season mm. and, and I think that's what Southampton breed. And you look at that conveyor belt of players, you know, mm. and I'm going back to the, the Theos, the Oxlades, mm. the, you know, the, 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 the Lilanas and, and all of them. They've gone on to great things, mm. haven't they? Mm. And, and there's something good about the Southampton Academy. Yes. Yeah, there's something yeah, yeah. very good about that. So the championship... Now, I'm speaking from experience. Mm. Um, it hurts you a bit when you go down there and you see the fixtures and you think, well, that's a lot of games. Um, <laughs> and then you go, oh, I've got to go to Huddersfield on a Tuesday or whatever. But, <laughs> but you know, uh, Huddersfield, Charlie's a Huddersfield lover. That's why okay. I said it. Um, <laughs> but, but what I would say, there's nothing better than winning a league and getting promoted. Yeah. Or there's nothing better than winning the playoff final. So, yes. um, and with the playoffs, you know this, mm. It's sort of, you, you never, you've still got a chance. Yes. You can still chase that sixth spot or fifth spot or fourth yeah. spot or, or get in the top two. So I think with a fan base Southampton have got, there's a couple of big teams down there, Leeds, mm-hmm. Leicester. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if all three of them were in the mix to come back up, mm-hmm. to be fair. So um, wish you all the best for the new season. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Charlie, good luck with the Arsenal, mate. <laughs> 
Good luck with the Arsenal. I don't know what to say about Fulham. I don't know whether Alexander Mitrovic is coming or going. I, was, I thought he was going. He hasn't gone yet. But, you know, I, I, I think he'll go, to be honest. Um, but, but, but like anything with my team, Fulham, I don't get that excited when we win because I don't get too upset when we lose. If we were in the fourth division of English football, I'd support us. If we're in the Premier League at the top table, of course I'd support us. And uh, you don't change your football team. So I wish you all the best with Southampton and your Sunday football career, mate. Yes, exactly, if you need, yeah. If you need a pacey box to box midfielder, who is yep. your man? But if you need someone to play the to play like the quarterback role, <laughs> I, I am available. Okay, I am available. Um, and and oh, I can make me presents felt everywhere. But I do. But, but if you're one of them in my ear, Ollie, and I don't know, if you're one of them centre halves, like you know, if he's going to get stuck in too much, I'm not sure if you're for me. So, moving from football, let's talk about. Dementia UK, mm-hmm. the running you've been doing, the fundraising, fitness, that's something very close to your heart, Ian, isn't it? Yes, yeah, indeed, yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we actually asked our teams um, to, to nominate a charity for us to go behind, and we know certainly charities have really found it hard um, through COVID and post-COVID, and certainly with the economic cycle we're seeing now. It's very easy for people not to give money, and, you know, you feel bad sometimes when you post it on social media and asking for people to sponsor. But actually, you know, these people depend on it. Mm. And um, certainly with the population we've got, the ageing population, the amount of people now impacted. I was quite frightened when I started to research into it. And um, the amount of people that have been impacted, it's a heartbreaking you know, uh, illness, um, dementia. And it's something that you know, it steals people from their loved ones, right? And uh, so, yeah, I'm very... Very passionate about it. I think I told you um, I did the Compton uh, local run. Um, turned up there competitively, yeah, Charlie. Yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, imagine, imagine if it's school sports day when it's a parents' race. Do you know what I mean? He'll be, it'll be the one in spike stretching. He'll be, be, be getting ready. You know. But I didn't do my kids' sports day. They asked me to do the parents' You're probably like, no, banned. No, yeah, no, no. Yeah. I can't. I can't. But um, it's been an incident in the car park. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the young dad's got. He's been injured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, but yeah, no, so it's, it's just a very, very important charity to yeah. me. We've also got, we're challenging ourselves again now, we're going to do a walkover um, uh, in Wales, so... Um, oh, well done, mate. A, a long I mean, Dementia UK is a charity which, which should hit, which, which should hit home and resonate with everyone. Yeah. You know, and there's, you know, there, there's, there's, there's a drive towards everyone with, their, with with CSR and corporate social responsibility. But actually, when you when you look deep into what charities do and what Dementia UK does, fair play to you. Mm-hmm. You know, fair play to you. Um, so, so you walk in, you walk in, you walk in the mountains in Wales. Yes, we are indeed. That's our next one. I'm just trying to get the rest of the board on board, so to speak. So, um, <laughs> few of us are, are well up for it. A few are less keen. <laughs> um, but but we're, we're going to get everyone over there. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it's about um, the commitment that the team has shown. It's not always about it's got to be the fastest, the hardest. It's about, you know, taking the time and really putting in the effort and drumming up the sponsorship and just gaining support and awareness, really, as well. I think that's the other thing. Yeah, it's just making sure people mm. are talking about it and talking about these really incredible charities we've got in this country that do raise and, and raise a lot of money um, and give a lot of support to those in need and that are unseen. So, yeah, it is, it's, uh, place, as I said, right? we're sort of seven months in. We're not stopping. We've got, a, we've got a raffle next week in the business. 
um, to I, I've donated the prize. Yes, I know you yeah, have. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah just told me I had to give oh, a prize, yeah, so yeah. I just gave a prize. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she didn't actually. She asked really politely, yes. and we were more than happy to put something over. So um, yeah, thank you very much yeah. for that. And a shout out to Daniel Humphrey, who made that prize happen as well. So, um, so, so there you yeah. go. But, Thanks, but, but, but it's important, and I think, I think anything that, that you do that can make a difference and you can involve your business and your team and people in it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've done enough fundraising for, from the campaign against living miserably, balls for brains. You know, mm-hmm. There's all different. There's so many different different pathways you follow, but whatever one you follow, it's a commit to it. And and and, and you are right here. Something you said. You know, it's not just about pounds, shillings, and pence in the bank. It's actually creating a conversation, making people aware, spreading awareness. Mm-hmm. Because actually, everything can help. Yes. Everything can help. So fair play to you and the merry and the merry team for Worktop Express on, on those adventures. Um, Charlie's thinking about a marathon, Ian. So right. so so from your advice on running and your advice <laughs> on fitness, what what advice would you give Charlie with his training? Ah uh, well, I, mean, I think Charlie's about half my age for a start, so that's always <laughs> yeah. going to be in his favour. Um, but yeah, no, I think look, do, do the prep is my advice. So um, I think we've talked about it before. Um, there's no substitute for for doing your preparation. Mm. Make sure you're eating well, you're sleeping well. And uh, my, my advice, whether I always follow it, is probably don't take it too seriously. Yeah, yeah you, you ignore that completely. <laughs> no. uh, and we, we we might we're going to come on to your advice shortly, Ian, because I've got a I've got a book here. But but I'm just going to before we talk about the, Ian's book, which I can't wait to share. Um, Charlie, my advice is this: well, you said you did a half. Yeah. So 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 you've done 13 miles. Yeah. Mm. You could run 14. Yeah. And if you run 14, you can run 15. Mm. And if you run 15, you get to 17. And when you get to 18, 19, you're there anyway because the crowd carries you home. And uh, mm. it's, it's those moments, really. Like, you know, and I've done, I haven't done a full marathon for a while, but I remember when I was, and like you, Ian, I was very intensely focused, probably, you know, and, and being my height and my build, it wasn't the best look for me when I was really going at the marathon training. It eats away at you, you know, mm. it eats away at your muscle. But, it is very addictive as well, so yeah. so you need to just make sure you're pacing yourself when you're doing it. But but if you're if you're doing a half yeah. and someone said to you, right, three weeks time you're going to go and do 15, 16 miles, you'll do it because yeah. you've got three or four more miles in your locker, and mm-hmm. you just carry on you carry on that way and you get it done. But Ian's right, diet, discipline, being bothered, and get, <laughs> and, and and you get into the habit of it, and away you go, Charlie. So mm. no pressure, mate. We want a three oh four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. We want a three oh four. So. Mr. Penny, um, you brought something in as a, as a visual aid, and it's fascinated me. Um, it's called The Business Philosophy of Ian Pennyface, Penny. Uh, and tell us what this book is, Ian. Um, well, yeah, as I said, I, I left, uh, so I enjoyed Homebase Barstool for, for three years. I had, a, I had a fantastic team there. And I had absolutely no ambition to move. We were just reopening the, the showroom business. And then, obviously, the um, conversation with direct online services came. So, um, And it was really close to my value. So I, I did decide to leave. Um, and I left a really amazing team, to be honest with you. And, and you know, I, one of the things that I built into the team is, you know, when people leave... <laughs> when, <laughs> I'm not going to share that one. When, when, people, when people leave, you know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> when people leave, it's it's just as important. Yeah, it's more important than when they join a business because yeah. actually that shows about credibility. So, and look, these guys put it together. It's just a collection of 
quotes that I didn't realise I'd used that they all used to mock me behind my back um, oh, and they've even given when when to use them so uh, I, mean, I actually think it, I actually think this is brilliant what's your I best actually one think there? what's the there's best so one many I, I like this I mean this one I love let one rat through and you've got an infestation always protect your team from the idleness of others when another department tries to push their work onto you shut it down fast it's <laughs> um, just brilliant there's actually, actually this is that one if it's takes more than 20 minutes you've gone drastically wrong best use when asking your team to pull together many hours worth of work in a ridiculously short time frame usually when you've sat on it for over a week um, what, what gets measured gets managed I mean this is a repertoire Mr Penny isn't it it's within our gift give your team a lesson in self-reliance and independence you can't you can't do it all for them after all remind them they have the answers and the power to change the status quo there's some good stuff in it you know they, they, they've mixed this up um, Never fail to be fabulous. There you go. You're encouraging people, you're having fun. And the fact that on the back of here, you've got so many warm messages. Ian, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I really, really share. That's his dominant thought. It's available from a local bookshop. Um, I didn't you know. say you've got the beginnings of a great business. Yeah. So, picking up from your memoirs, you know, from your, mem- from, from your, from your memoirs or your, or your biography or memoirs, um, Let's talk about the next generation because because yeah. I want to wrap up season twenty. As we're mm-hmm. getting to the end of the show, we're getting to the end of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what advice you would give to those starting out in the industry or transferring into the industry because mm-hmm. I think it's often misinterpreted when people talk about the stars of the future. It's someone beginning their work career. Mm-hmm. It actually doesn't doesn't have to be that. It could be someone coming into the sector from a different industry, a mm-hmm. different market, a different different part of the world. So mm-hmm. let's talk about the next generation and what advice you would be giving to them here. Yeah, no, definitely. Thank you. And I think, yeah, I mean, that's that's what this, this industry relies on, right, is, is attracting talent. It's um, one of those industries which I think was slow to kind of adapt and innovate. And I think one of the things we've seen in the last five, ten years is really exciting developments coming in. We've really embraced technology at last. Um, but, yeah, and, and, and just the myriad of different people. Most of us are here for two reasons, really. One is because we love looking after people. We care about people. And it is a service industry. You know, KBB industry is all about looking after customers and making sure you're delivering their dreams. Um, so that's the first thing. And the second thing is that people love the variety it brings. There's just so many different paths you can go off in, in the KBB industry, and that's why we love it. Um, so one of the things I say to all my team is hire on attitude. Mm. So I don't look for university degrees. Um, doesn't necessarily need to be loads of experience in this sector. If you speak to someone, they've got an amazing attitude, you can teach them everything else. You know, And that's one of the things I'd say. Um, and one of the things I tr- try to embrace with the team as well is just... You know, if you look at Steve Jobs' quote, I think it was stay stay hungry, stay curious, right? Mm. And uh, uh, and that's something that, you know, I, I really think people should do. So always just keep asking questions, looking at different areas. But don't ever look, because, you know, I'll tell you this now, you know, I don't, I don't take it lightly that I'm, I'm lucky enough to be the CEO of, a, of, a, of an SME in the UK. I feel very passionate. I never thought I'd be here. Mm. You know, and um, what I definitely say is, is that means that anyone can do it. Because if, if if this guy can do it, then uh, it's got to give everybody that 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 drive. And I, and I'd say, don't let anyone get in your way. Just be passionate about what you do, passionate about what you love. This industry is phenomenal, and it's never going away. You can't AI can't take this away because it can't take away that personal connection and that ability to really listen to and understand what your customer wants. So. 
it's an amazing industry. I think most people know that I'm really passionate about it. I'm very fortunate to have fell into it um, in my B&Q days, and uh, anyone that's in it loves it. Ian, that's just a, that's just an emotional, powerful, beautiful way to bring this episode nearer its conclusion. Um, I love I love I love what you said about higher on attitude. Mm. I love what you said about actually you're making people's dreams come true because it is truly life changing. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you want a new bedroom, you want a new bathroom, you want a new kitchen. That's something so important to mm. you. You know, and that lends it that, that moves out into the garden now, into the home office, mm. and into into everything we learned in COVID. That personal space means everything now. Um, you've been an absolute brilliant guest. I've I've loved the Southampton bath. Bam- <laughs> I've loved the Southampton banter. Um, Chewbacca would say, Arr! Yeah. Um, how good was that? It wasn't too good, but, Chewy, but we, we brought Chewie into the podcast for the final episode. We've spoken about James Wall Prowse and the Southampton Championship season. We, talk, we spoke about the brilliant work Dementia UK are doing, and we spoke about yourself as a CEO. You shouldn't have imposter syndrome, and you're absolutely smashing it in what you're doing. Thank you for the support to me personally. Thank you to the support you've shown for in Jones, and thank you for everything you've done for the industry, mate, because actually you've got a real story to tell. It comes from the heart, and you've just been a pleasure having the studio, haven't you, Charlie? Great, you, great way to end the season. So we are wrapping the show up. So, Marcel, thank you for being our season. And sponsor. Should we say hello to the uh, Worktop Express team, Sarah, the gang, everyone? Yeah. You, you have been absolutely brilliant. That, ladies and gentlemen, is sadly the last episode of season six of the Foyne Jones Show. On every one of our twenty episodes, we've been giving advice, we've been sharing stories, and we are we are working in industries we love. Have fun, stay safe, be positive, and we will see you in the studio again towards the end of the year. Thank you, Charlie. You've been amazing. And Ian, thanks for being part of the show. Take care. Thanks for listening. Sadly, that is the end of season six. Across all 20 episodes, we've had show-stopping guests and we have been inspiring our industry stars of the future. Thank you to Marcel and MHK Holding UK for being our sponsor. And a big shout-out to Charlie Hula for being the producer of this podcast. Together, I want to say thank you because without everyone listening, without our sponsor, without our producer, we don't have a podcast. But don't worry, we'll see you next season for something even more exciting we're Foyne Jones this is what we do we'll be right back